Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. This is Doing It For Bartolo. My name is June Lee. Uh, we've got a great guest on the show for you this week. Uh, this week we have baseball agent Jair Bogarts of the Beverly Hills Sports Council. He's also Red Sox shortstop Xander Bogarts' twin brother. Uh, so we talked a lot, of, a lot of interesting things that I think you guys will enjoy. Um, being a sports agent, you know, growing up in Aruba with Xander and, and being kind of Xander's support system, uh, among many other things. And also whether or not Xander will, uh, will, will make the switch from Scott Boris to, to him at some point down the line. Uh, we'll, we'll we touch on all of those things and I think you guys will enjoy our conversation. Uh, Jair's a, a really good dude, uh, a young guy kind of making his way in, in the industry and he's a really personal, fun guy to talk to, and I think you guys will enjoy our conversation. Uh, he's 22 years old, really young guy, uh, working as a baseball agent, and he's, you know, finding his grips and and uh, he will uh, he'll, he'll give you guys some insight into uh, the world of being a baseball agent and uh, being Xander's twin brother and uh, being a member of the support system that comes with uh, being a professional athlete. And it was a really insightful conversation. I, I learned a lot about uh, what it means to, to, to be a member of somebody's, somebody's family and being a support system as a professional athlete. And uh, it was a really fun conversation that I think you guys will enjoy. Uh, so that will be coming up. But before that, make sure you are subscribed to the show on iTunes. Uh, it really does help with the show. If you guys enjoy the show, please leave a rating on there as well. Uh, or And just be subscribed to the show on uh, on any podcast listening forum you you listen to the show um if you guys have any guest requests make sure to tweet them at me uh, at i am june lee and uh thanks again to the hardball times for for hosting the show uh once again this week uh so without further ado this is jair bogarts hey jair how are things going um, hey, June, uh, everything's all right here in Aruba, you know, hanging out. What's up? <laughs> so, so you're training guys right now in Aruba, some of your uh, your clients? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm in Aruba right now, training a couple guys uh, in, my, in my academy, so it's going pretty good, man. What what is what is the training entail for you guys? Uh, it's basically uh, repetition. It's like, uh, you know, it's pretty intense, uh, strength and conditioning, so getting ready for Getting these kids ready and stuff like that. How many how many guys do you have down there working with you? Uh, I've got twelve uh, kids that are eligible for July second uh, this year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's going pretty good. I had a tryout with Washington yesterday, mm-hmm. and that went pretty good. I, I had great feedback from uh, for two guys. So the ball's rolling pretty good, man. Mm-hmm. So you're getting a bunch of guys who are from Aruba ready for the international signing day. Yeah, Aruba guys, Aruban guys, Aruban kids. Uh, how, what what is the how's the baseball kind of growth been there since uh since you and Xander signed? Well, it's been baseball. The level it's uh it's progressed a bit, um, but the results in signing hasn't been uh that good. So I'm trying to get these kids ready for uh for when they sign. They're pretty much prepared and uh, know what they're gonna get. Mm-hmm. What what are the things that you are trying to get the guys prepared for uh, when signing? Uh, I'm just trying to get them physically ready, uh, get them in the biggest size possible, uh-huh. and uh, so they could so they could endure a, a season in the Dominican because it's pretty tough out there, man. Yeah, the Dominican's not that easy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just getting these kids ready, 
mentally, physically. So when the international draft, international signing day arrives, these kids just get out of here. Yeah. And so, I um, mean, you spent two years, right, in the Dominican with the Red Sox. Yeah, I spent two years in the Dominican. What was, yeah. what was that experience like for you? Because I, th- I think the Dominican uh, Summer League is kind of something that just kind of people don't really talk about or, or don't really know what it's all about. Personally, I think the Dominican was the best thing that ever happened. It, it's probably the best thing for any kid for the development-wise because you, you get more attention from the coaches because it's just like a, a roster of 40 kids, 35 kids. So it's, it's not that much, and then they can pay more attention to you compared to when you hit over in the U.S., you have everyone over there for spring training, and they're focusing on their guys that's that's going to play in their league, so they don't really have much attention for you. So I would say the Dominican is the best step, best first step for for a professional player mm-hmm. from our our side, from the Caribbean and Latin. I would say it's the best step. You get um, fundamentally sound and know what an organization's about, and it's probably the best first step for. I would say personally. What was uh what was kind of the daily schedule like for you when you were down in the Dominican? In the Dominican, I was always in fat cap. So <laughs> my my day would start at uh waking up at five forty five, heading down for at six and then start jogging or or yeah, conditioning for forty five minutes mm-hmm. and then get back in, uh relax a while, seven thirty, breakfast. And then get ready for training. Training would probably start at eight fifteen. Eight fifteen is stretch, and or or eight fifteen is open cage, and then eight forty five is stretch. And then the day starts like that, man. Then you just do uh, your fundamentals, and then you got BP, and you're back in before at ten. You're back in at ten, and game starts at ten thirty, man. What I mean, I assume like since. A lot of the guys are kind of on their own for their first time. A lot of sixteen-year-olds, I would assume. Yeah. I, I, did, do you guys get close as a group? I mean, you try to get close, but hey, uh, the culture's different. So you try to get close with a couple of guys that you think are good for you. Uh, guy, mostly guys that play the same position as you. You're close with them because you're always working out with them. Mm-hmm. So that, that I would say that. You're, you're probably closer to guys of your own position because you're always with them. What is that culture like then? Is it super competitive? Uh, the Dominican, like, let's say in Aruba, we have, like, normal breakfast. In the Dominican, it's food right away. <laughs> From morning till night, it's straight hard food, uh, uh, solid food, and then you just got to get used to it. Uh-huh. So instead of working out heavy, you got to take a lighter portion so you could get out there and do your, do your work better. Uh-huh. Uh, what are you, what are you, what are some of the memories that you have from the Dominican League? Uh, just kind of in your first couple of years, you know, noticing uh, be, being in, my... being just like kind of being in professional baseball for the first time. Like, what was that like for you? Man, it was crazy, man. I was I was seventeen. First game, I was in Aruba. I had to finish school, so I finished up school and I head over to Dominican, and I'm there on like a Thursday. And then they told me, hey, you got a week to get ready, and then you, you can start with your games. I was like, no way, I'm waiting for a week. So Monday was my, my first game. I was, I was ready, man. It took me like two games to get a, a hit. It was like a bloop hit behind second base uh, against the Dodgers. <laughs> hey, it was really fun. But one of my best memories was uh, me and my brother playing on the same team. 
me uh-huh. and Xander on the same team, and uh, that day we hit the grand slam in the, uh, on the in the same game. Yeah, <laughs> that was probably my my best memory, man. Uh, what was that? What do you remember going through that uh, that first season with Xander? Uh, what was that like for you guys? It was it was great. Um, we were always together. Uh, we're close. It's your twin brother, so you won't miss home at all. You won't miss home at all. So I felt at home with my brother there. But then the second season, I had to really be on my own. And I think I did pretty much better because I was not in my brother's shadow. He did so well. And I, my first year, I, I, I didn't go that well. Mm-hmm. So I had to make a stand, a stand for myself and, and put up for myself. And I really grinded through. And I had a great season my second season. Yeah. It's interesting that you talk about being your brother's shadow. Your brother's obviously, um, you know, one of yeah, the... Yeah, he was a superstar from day one, man. <laughs> I mean, he and he's he's was, you know, named team MVP by the baseball uh, Writers Association of Boston a couple days ago. Um, yeah, seeing him and all of his success, how do you kind of process that? You know, as the twin brother, um, you know, you're doing well for yourself in baseball agency, but like seeing him being a, you know, growing into a, a baseball superstar, what is that experience like for you? I mean, I'm really happy for him. Uh, I always root for him. I'm definitely his number one fan. And uh, I'm really, really happy for him, man. It's like it's it's I'm seeing myself in him. Uh, we're twins, so hey, one of us made it better than none of us. So I really, I'm really happy for him, man. He's he he works really hard, and he de- he deserves this, man. He's 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 a hard worker, man. Is it hard for you at all ever to like you know you want to you want to be a pro baseball player too, and you signed a pro contract with the Red Sox, you know, out of a Is it ever hard to you to you know see your brother doing? Well, in the major leagues, and you not you not being in the majors, no, at all. I mean, at all, at all. Um, it's not hard at all because uh, I'm in a different uh, mindset right now. I kind of like let go of baseball, so I'm really done with baseball playing wise. I'm I'm focusing on uh, the agent business, my baseball academy I have here in Aruba. So it's just strictly just being happy for my brother. And uh, always cheering him on, always being there for him. So it's 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 about him right now. I'm just happy. Hope he has a 20, 22 year career, mm-hmm. a successful one, and yeah, we can enjoy uh, his ending of his career together. Was it was it hard for you to let go of baseball? Yeah, it was. Because uh, that that's pretty much. I was 19 at the time I got traded and released from the Cubs. So as a 19 year old, I mean, baseball is pretty much everything. Uh, it was kind of hard, but you gotta let it go, man. As as it tear, it, it will tear you apart. Yeah. So I, I let go of baseball. I started working as a baseball agent, and then I got to uh, to really uh, get to know the business. That baseball has become pretty much a business instead of like a hobby, or you do it for fun. It's it's strict. It's it's pretty much business, man. So. The quicker you get to know that, it's it it goes easier for you. I remember when I was talking to you a couple of years ago, uh, and this was around the time you were making your full time transition into becoming an agent, um, and you were having a hard time like getting through, yeah, and letting go, and and you you know you were holding out hopes for a couple of trials and stuff, and I remember it being hard for you. Um, how did you finally let go of that dream? Like, at what point did you realize, oh, this is you know, playing baseball professionally probably isn't going to happen. I'm going to focus full time on being an agent. I mean, after after uh, so many tryouts and so many uh, dead ends, I mean, I was like, hey, I'm over with this. Let's just try something new, see how it goes. And I really, I really like being an agent. It's it's really fun. You get to know all these these players before they get to the big leagues. 
or you get to know these guys in the big leagues. So, I mean, you're still around baseball, so but you're not playing. So, I mean, you, I would say you got more free time and you can enjoy the sport a bit more mm-hmm. from the outside. And I think that pretty much helped. And uh, being there for my brother also. So, yeah, th- those little things help for me to get over playing wise and that that's about it man was it um was it hard to uh um what's the question uh what uh crap um so when when you're uh was it hard at some point to was, was it harder to enjoy baseball when when you were playing no at all i always enjoy baseball man uh <laughs> I always wanted to be a professional baseball player. I gave it my all, but hey, I didn't have that little luck that you need. Talent was definitely there, but maybe that little luck on your shoulder wasn't there. And I accepted it, man. It took me a while, but I got over it. Uh, how did you, at what point did you did you accept the fact that, you know, uh, what was that moment for you when you kind of accepted that it wasn't going to happen? Uh, I remember it was my last tryout for Independent League. Uh, I was in New Jersey. I did a tryout. They inv- they invited me back for their uh, spring training. And so I had to attend my sister's wedding. So I told them, hey, I need a... And they told me, all right, you'll be fighting for a spot, for a catching spot when you get back. I was open for that, at least for the opportunity. Maybe I, I wasn't sure I was going to get the spot, but at least I would have been fighting for the spot. So I came back a week later, and it was like, they didn't even know who I was. <laughs> they filled my spot with uh, two two catchers that got released from the Phillies without even telling me anything. And honestly, that that hit me hard. And I was like, "Hey, I'm really done with this. This is the last tryout, last everything I'm gonna do. And um, let's give this agent thing a shot." And it's been pretty good, right? From from there on, man. So uh, your agent was Rafa Nieves of uh, yeah, Rafi. Right, Rafi. Uh, he. Uh, and he he so he gave you the first opportunity uh, to to become an agent. Right? Yeah, as soon as I got released, he was like, "Hey man, I'm really sorry. Uh, they didn't give you a chance in the Cubs. You could have played at least one more year in the Dominican, but you didn't get an opportunity. Uh, just so you know, we have a uh, your doors open here, and we we would like to give you a shot of becoming an agent. But I was 19, so I was like, Nah, man, I really want to play baseball. But if I'm 21." Because I was going to be 20 that October. I got released in June. So I told him, if by 21 I'm not playing baseball, I'm definitely going to give it a shot. Mm-hmm. I didn't even make 21. I was still 20, and then I took the job. What do you think it was about you that Rafi kind of identified you as somebody who could become an agent? Man, he was like my best friend, man. We talked every day. At one point, he told me, hey, dude, you talk to, mo- you talk to me more than my wife. I was like, oh, man, I'm sorry. But we just had that, that great relationship together. And I think that's what um, he saw in me. I was, I, was really, uh, I, I was really good communicating, and I speak four languages. So it was pretty – and Curacao and Aruba was blowing up at, this, at that point. Kids were signing. So he saw an opportunity for me, and uh, he, he opened the door, and then I just took it after a year. What so when you're when you're becoming an agent, what what kind of process were you going through to learn kind of the ins and outs of the business? Because you know there's a lots of agents who like go to law school to to do all of this, and obviously uh, you're you know you're young and you you're coming off a professional baseball career. Like what what are you doing to to learn the ins and outs of the business? Well, I was all over with Rafi, just uh, looking at what he does, and 
picking up from there, taking pointers and stuff. But I think it's, if you look at it, at uh, I played for two organizations. I played pro ball. I know what players want. So it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's easier than going through the whole law school, but it's, you're more there. You're, you've been through it. You know what players want. You know what they're looking for. So you're, you're more closer than just coming off a of law school and you've never played baseball. Probably don't even know what baseball is <laughs> just because you've been in law school, but that's about it, man. Uh, so when, so when you're pursuing, how, how does, um, the whole client pursuit process work? Like when you're, when you're, you, when you identify somebody that you want as a client, how does that work? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's lot, lots of good baseball players out there uh, putting up pretty good numbers. So you make a list of guys that you would like to uh, represent, and then you get them approved by the, by the uh, company, and then you just go after them and see if you got a shot at getting this guy and get the company represent guy, and that's pretty much it. Is, is that Xander in the background? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> tell them I say hey. All right, man. Um, uh, so so how how do you identify prospects? Like, what does when when you're looking at a young guy, what is what is the kind of thing that you're looking for uh, in in terms of um, in terms of somebody who you identify as a potential client? Uh, consistency is one. Uh, guys that put up uh, pretty good numbers every year, not just one year. They're have they have good numbers, and then the next year they don't have. So consistency is one. Hey, um, I, I know a lot of writers, so I get a lot of tips from uh, writers and stuff like that. Like Ben Badler is one of my good friends. I always go to him if I uh, like someone, and he'll give me uh, the info on that kid. And then from there, I just, uh, yeah, it's just something you have to like the kid and see if he's uh, worth the shot. So I always go to Ben, and uh, we talk it through, and then I sending my list to the company and then from there on whoever gets approved I just go after them and hopefully land that kid how have you kind of uh, dealt with the relationship as as an agent between Excuse you me? how have you how have you worked through the relationship between uh, you being an agent and, and and the media how does that work for you uh, I mean I use social media a lot I'm the, I'm the kind that uses social media a lot. Like, uh, I hit up guys on Facebook, and then we just start talking, and then we get a meeting. And then from there, get the ball rolling, get to know each other personally. And from there, hopefully, uh, the kid feels co comfortable enough that he'll give you a shot to represent them. And then from there, you mm -hmm. just keep working on that relationship and uh, make sure that uh, you're always there. And then hopefully that kid doesn't leave you for anyone, so... You just hang on to that guy, man. Uh, how? What about what about uh, you in the media? So, like, you talked about how you, um, you know, talked to Ben Badler about prospects or or something. But yeah. How do you kind of manage that relationship as you know as an agent? Uh, I mean, being a pro baseball player, everyone knows everyone. So, the fact that I was a pro baseball player, um, Ben kind of knew me. That was Anthony's brother. I remember Alex Spear. Uh, yeah, he's he's uh, the writer for the Red Sox. So he uh, uh, introduced me to Ben, and then from there we just started working on our relationship. And uh, yeah, it's been pretty cool to have Ben on my side and always talking about prospects and who's on the lookout and stuff like that. So that's how I kind of established that our uh, relationship with Ben through Alex. And I always talk to Alex about uh, Red Sox kids. Uh, we just signed the Basabe twins uh, last year. 
last instruct. So that's pretty exciting. That's pretty fun to finally have someone in the Red Sox organization. So that's I'm looking forward to those two kids. Uh, they're pretty fun. So thanks to Alex about that. And he always gives me uh, good reviews about the kids and who to go after and stuff like that. What is uh what is your relationship with the Red Sox and just in terms of like you know what do you think of them and the fact you know they're the fact that they were the first organization that signed you and and your brother to and gave you a shot at, at professional baseball. Yeah, to me the Red Sox is the best organization in the world. <laughs> <laughs> just for giving me a shot and um I mean everyone that works there I I know everyone still everyone's most of the the the, the guys are still there. So once I get in spring training, I walk in the clubhouse, I get get around, get um, I greet everyone that's still there. So the relationship's pretty good still with the Red Sox. It's, I would say it's really good because I know almost everyone. And yeah, pretty uh, what, cool. When was uh, what what is your kind of your first memory of uh of of being a member of the Red Sox? I remember you and you and Xander took a took that tour of Fenway after you signed. What was what was that whole experience yeah. like? Yeah, I remember signing. We signed at Fenway. Uh, we got to meet Tio right away. Tio was the GM at that time. We got to meet him right away. That was kind of pretty big for Tio to be there and uh, just give us a handshake and tell us welcome. Welcome to the Red Sox. And then we had our first game. It was the Red Sox against the Yankees game. I would never forget that. Josh Beckett against CC Sabathia. Jeter's first up, first pitch of the game, hits a bomb to right field. Man, that was that was just like one of the craziest ex- experiences for your first game, sitting right behind the catcher so you won't miss anything. So that was really cool, man. And uh, I'm always grateful to the Red Sox for giving me an opportunity in uh, pro baseball and uh, believing in us and, you know, always being there for us. Right? Was that your first time in the U.S. when you when you signed the contract? Uh, let me go back. Probably, yes. Uh, it was the Senior League World Series, so I... I mean, we've been to Puerto Rico, but to the U.S., yeah. I would say it's the first time we've been to the U.S. that I can recall, yeah. What was that experience like for you? Was uh, it was cool. It was uh, the Senior League World Series. That was our dream to uh, be at a World Series. Uh, so it was one of the best experiences ever. And then getting the opportunity to sign right after we, we dropped out of the World Series. We came in like fourth place or third. And then driving over to Boston and then uh, getting signed, man, it was it was the best experience ever, best first experience. What do you what do you remember about that and how how you know how different the U.S. was from your home in Aruba? Man, everything's big. <laughs> <laughs> That's def- that definitely stands out. Everything's huge. Everything's big. There's nothing small about the U.S. So Aruba's a pretty tiny island. So compared to the U.S., everything was just huge, man. What was it like growing up in Aruba? Um, you know, Aruba's a, as you said, a pretty small island. Is is it, uh, does everybody know each other? Like, how does, what, what is it like growing up there? Yeah, growing up, everyone knows you, uh, especially if you're really good at sports, everyone knows. And uh, it's fun, man. Uh, I would, uh, I wouldn't give, give up my childhood for being anywhere else. I would uh, do it over back in Aruba if I had the chance to, but it was, it was, it was one of the best childhood experiences ever always playing baseball with older kids in the streets and stuff like that so that's kind of how how you get to uh get used to playing with older guys because we always been playing against old guys and we were 
pretty good competition for uh, these older guys, man. <laughs> what is what are some of your favorite memories? You know, growing you and Xander growing up playing baseball in Aruba, or or just kind of growing up in Aruba, beyond just baseball. Uh, playing baseball, we always uh, it's called like bush league. You just go on the field, you get everyone, uh, everyone in your hood, and then we we're never on the same team. <laughs> we're the smallest kids, but we're never on the first on the same team. We always get picked first, so that was pretty cool, man. What else do you remember about uh, you know growing up and playing baseball with Xander and and you know being the the two hot shots on the island playing baseball? Any day you can ask him, he'll tell you I was better than him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what I mean, um, having a brother who is you know also good at baseball, um, what was that? What was that like for you, you guys growing up? Having a brother, what? Having a brother that was also good at baseball, uh, what was that like Man, for you that was up? cool. Yeah, that was really cool. I mean, if my brother sucked at baseball, I wouldn't want to be playing baseball with him. <laughs> but the fact that we both were pretty much studs at such a small age, it was always challenging. It was fun. Always competition against each other in a good way. So that, that kind of motivated each other, motivated us against each other. And then... We always wanted to sign pro baseball, and then we got the opportunity, and we decided to uh, sign with the same team. Sorry, so take me back to that tryout, um, and, and Xander had the chicken pox. Uh, yeah. What was so? How did that day come about, and uh, how did you find out about the tryout, and how did that whole process working out signing with the, with the Red Sox? I remember uh, one of my coaches. They told me, "Hey, there's a tryout at uh, at this field at four o'clock." be there don't be late but my brother had the chicken box so i took the bus and uh, i got there on time and we're waiting so oh there was the we started a tryout i remember everyone ran everyone ran the 60 yard everyone runs the 60 yard the i remember mike lord telling me hey you don't have to run the 60 yard i just want to see you hit i was like okay <laughs> and then the trial began so i'm really close to the scout because i'm a catcher so he's hitting grounders and whatnot for the infielders and the outfielders and yeah we're just talking and i told him hey my brother's the best kid on the island and uh you you have to see him his ears went what are you are you kidding me is he here i was like no he's not here he has the chicken pox but if you think i'm good my brother is way better than me and you cannot leave without seeing him. That Mike went crazy. He was like, I have to see him. And then I told him, hey, I'll see how we can do that. Then at the time, my mother lived in uh, Bonaire. That's a close island to Aruba. And uh, we were living at our aunt's back home in Aruba. And we told her, hey, uh, I told my brother, hey, the scout wants to see you. I told him about you. And he wants to see you. He's like, but I have the chicken pox. I'm like, hey, call Ma. Call mom and see if she'll let you go on the field just for a couple of minutes so this so they can see you. So we eventually called my mom. She's like, hey, do whatever you have to do if you think you're, you're healthy enough. At this point, he had like a week without playing baseball. And then he's like, if you feel healthy enough, go for it. And then the next day, we, uh, we were at another park at night. He came in for like 10 minutes. He got like three turns, three at-bats. Uh, Filled it a couple grounders, and that was it. Mm-hmm. That was pretty much it. <laughs> That's all he did that night, and they were in love with him, man. At what point did you realize that Xander was really good? Was there any I mean, was there a specific moment? 
Nah, at all. We always knew we had we we knew we were gonna play professional baseball since kids, since we were little kids. We just didn't know when and for how much and which team. That's that's the only thing we did not know, but we knew we were gonna play pro baseball. What are some of the memories that stick out about Xander when he was when he was a kid um, playing baseball? Was there anything crazy that he ever did? I mean, he he does stuff that uh, other kids his age would never do. I remember, uh, let's say, runners on first and first and second with uh, one out or less than two outs. Uh, double play, double play ball, and he at the first out at second. Uh, turn around, throw the third, the runner's off, and gets gets a double play with the lead runner at third base. Mm-hmm. Kids his age just wouldn't think that advanced and do stuff like that. He was just so athletic. Uh, he could really handle the bat. For such a tiny kid, he could, he had pop, so he had everything, man. What was what were some of the things that you guys did, you know, be up besides baseball uh, growing up as kids? Oh, we played everything, man. Volleyball, basketball, soccer. We just did it all, man. I mean, in the island, you, you play everything. But baseball was the only serious one that we did, that we played in a team. We didn't. We never played in teams in other sports. We just messed around with other sports just to keep our our bodies in good shape, and that's pretty much it. What What did you guys do besides sports? Uh, it was only sports, man. I mean, we we couldn't stay home. We would go to school, come back from school, and we're out of the house until until the the sun goes down. Playing any kind of sport, soccer, basketball, baseball. Whatever it is that day, but that's all that we did, man. Sports, sports, as kids. And Aruba is more of a soccer place more than anything, Yeah, right? soccer is the number one sport, but it doesn't give that much good results. Baseball always gave better results. Guys signing, winning the World Series uh, in the Little League tournaments. We've got a couple world championships uh, in a couple divisions. So baseball always gave better results. How have you seen the uh, growth in baseball since uh, you and Xander signed? Yeah, there's been a growth, but there's there's this. I don't know what it is, but I think these uh, they they're motivated, but them. So that's why I decided to uh, take time and give these kids proper training, prepare them, get get people, get our uh, scouts and stuff coming into the island constantly to see these kids. And that way to get more motivated, more motivated because they see uh, scouts coming in and looking at them, and they really have a shot. So it gets them more motivated. And uh, yeah, they they from the day I started, these kids have progressed so much. So hopefully July second is going to be a a good day for me. Uh, hopefully, and then yeah, just keep on going from there every year. Are there like I know the Dominican has a lot of like a lot of teams have come in and established academies to help develop players. Is there any sort of thing like that in Aruba? I mean, I heard the MLB wanted to uh, go to Curacao, but I don't know how that development went. But since Venezuela closed down, there's only teams in the Dominican now or the U.S. But I mean, Aruba and Curacao, it's pretty much like the Dominican. It's always sunny. You would just have to make some academies and uh, get the ball rolling. I mean, it's not a bad idea. I wouldn't say it's a bad idea. It would be good for baseball here in Aruba. So, I mean, if they looked into that and uh, get some really serious talks and serious steps about that, it would be really great for the islands. Mm-hmm. 
I, there's a lot of people, you know, uh, with with the Netherlands. So there's you, Jonathan Scope, uh, Xander, Jerks, and Profar. Uh, how have those guys kind of been spokesmen for baseball in in, uh, in the Netherlands? Oh man, uh, here in Aruba and Curacao, they've been pillars in in baseball. So everyone's taking baseball more seriously since those guys have been so good at the big league level. And uh, they really motivate the kids also. They're always on the parks helping out kids. So they, they see a light at the end of the tunnel. And, uh, I mean, they, they really work hard at trying to become a professional baseball player because these kids are really good athletes. I mean, they play soccer. They play everything. I mean, really good with their feet. So guys from Curacao and Aruba, they're, they're pretty good athletes. Is that different from when you were a kid? Like, was it... Was there not really a clear end of the tunnel or like a role model that you could look up to in terms of, hey, this is a baseball player from where I came from who could get to get to the majors? No, back in our days, there weren't anyone in the big leagues yet. So, I mean, you you would just have to have that mental state on your own. And me and my brother had it as kids that we, we are going to be professional baseball players. I mean, if you asked us at 10, 11, 12-year-old, what do you want to become when you get big? The first thing would be uh, become a professional baseball player. Most kids be like, they want to be a police or a fireman. <laughs> we weren't into that stuff, man. Mm-hmm. It was just professional baseball player. And then uh, the opportunity came and we just took it, man. And we ran with it. And there's Bogey in the big leagues having a great year, great career so far. So hopefully he plays 20, 22 years in the big league. And yeah, uh- look back. And that that'll be a great great year, man. Great, great achievement. Since since Xander's uh, gone to the big leagues, how has your your family's life changed? I mean, it's everyone's. I mean, everyone knew us already, so it hasn't changed much that way. But in ways that uh, I would say, more people, their Xander's names always all around. Uh, I mean, I would say it hasn't changed that much, just more hype on the family. Everyone wants to get to know you and stuff like that. But otherwise, I would say our life's pretty normal. <laughs> what is that? What is that like when when uh, when there are people who are, you know, always asking for things and um, there are people who want to get to know you just because, you know, you're the you remember the Bogarts family. How does what is that like for you being a celebrity family in Aruba? <laughs> Uh, I would say we are a very humble family. So, uh, yeah, we'll take the time and uh, sign autographs, take pictures and stuff like that. So we're not like the ones like, uh, no, nah, we don't have time. We'll always take time and uh, get an autograph done, get a picture done and stuff like that, have a little conversation. So we're pretty known that we we will give time and give back. Mm-hmm. What is it like when you guys do go out in Aruba? Is it just people swarming you like how does what is that like oh man uh i was small i mean you would never get like a huge thirty thousand crowd or stuff like that so i mean you always you always see the same people at the in the beginning they'll be all over you but then afterwards you get to, you see the same people all the time so it becomes more normal you get to enjoy your if you go out much more and stuff like that yeah how have you when you you and Xander signed your first contract? What was the first thing you guys bought? Uh, first thing, uh, 
We gave my mom, we paid off our mom's house. We bought my mom a card and she lived for one year debt free. <laughs> like she didn't have to pay anything for a year. And yeah, we, we gave back to the family a lot. Like we, we really took care of our family and it was a, it was an opportunity to, to really give back to our family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's what we did. We, uh, restored my, uh, grandma's house, paid off my aunt's house. One of my aunts got a car cause her car just went broke down. So stuff like that really gave back to, uh, the family. Uh-huh. How is, how has your mom been through this whole process? Uh, man, she's been grateful, man. She, she's first in everything. We give her everything. So she has no, no worries about anything, man. Uh, and your mom is, is very religious too, right? Yeah. We grew up pretty religious going to church Sundays and stuff like that. So we always believe in God and, uh, that's, that's a pretty big part in our lives. God, uh, we always thank him uh, for giving us this opportunity in life that one of us could have been so good in uh, in whatever in whatever talent that we had, and yeah, we're really grateful, man. I know that uh, your dad wasn't exactly in the picture uh, growing up uh, with with you guys. Um, was that was that hard for you to? I mean, what was that like? Not you know, not having a, a dad around all the time. It wasn't hard at all. I mean, my mom, she's really strong. So she played both roles, uh, father and mom, and she still does it. So I would say it, we, we didn't really miss it. But, I mean, it would have been great. But, I mean, that uh, that wasn't the case. So we just lived with it. And my mom was just a strong woman. And she she just took care of us, man. I know your uncle Glenroy also played a big role in you guys playing baseball. Growing yeah, up too. he was he was like our dad. He 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 filled in as like the father uncle role, and he just took us took us and uh, guided us in baseball because our family was it's pretty big with baseball. We have uh, pretty good uh, baseball players in the history of Aruba, so baseball was in our bloodline, and. Yeah, the opportunity came that we were the only ones to become professional baseball players, so that was pretty cool, man. And you, and your and so Glenroy played some baseball on the island, right? Yeah, all the uncles played baseball. Everyone was involved in baseball growing up. My my aunts and mom would go to games from my uncles, cheer them on. So it was it was pretty much a baseball family. Mm-hmm. Was that established early on? Like, were were you guys like playing baseball out of the womb, like in your diapers? Like, how did yeah, definitely. I remember uh, as kids, uh, we were probably about four, and we would always look at the World Series. Like, like my uncle, he would videotape them. Because we're kids, right? So we fall asleep at like 7 or something like that, 6.30, and then the games are like at 8. So we would never be up to look at the games, and he would uh, videotape them. And uh, the next day, we would go to my grandma's and look at the game on the videotape. And we would know almost all the all the players. And I remember one special thing we had was a, a calendar. You know the calendar? It has 31, 31, uh, 30 or 31 days, right? right. So he would, uh, we would go each number and mention a name from each number on the calendar. Or he would uh, throw up random teams and we would have to say five or ten players. 
on that team. So we, we really were around baseball since we came out of my mom's womb. How did that affect you guys? Just being in a, a family that nurtured baseball is, is you know, is, is such a big deal. I mean, it, I would, it, it didn't affect us. It really helped us, man. We were just so smart in baseball. We just knew everything as kids. And that helped us being growing up and stuff like that, adapting to baseball, especially the professional level, because Aruba, the level's not that high as the Dominican, but it takes time, but we adapted pretty quick and, I mean that's that's why Bogus and he got to the big league that quick. He could have uh, adapted and uh, do his stuff really quick and get to a higher level, and that's why he got in got to the big leagues in in four years, man. Uh, who were some of your favorite players growing up? Andrew Jones was everyone's favorite player. That was the Curacao kid. Everyone was Andrew Jones, man. He he definitely was, and I remember Chipper Jones also. Because they would broadcast uh, a lot of Atlanta games because uh, Andrew was playing. Mm-hmm. So Chipper Jones and, and uh, Andrew were pretty much uh, our favorites, man. Uh, well, it, how big was it for, for Curacao to, uh, to have Andrew Jones? Uh, uh, and big for huge. you guys. That was, and big for that you was guys. huge for them. That was huge for them because then baseball really got bigger. That's why there's more Curacao guys than uh, Ruben guys because they looked up to Andrew pretty pretty high. He was like their god in baseball. Mm-hmm. So everyone started playing baseball. Kids started getting signed. And then guys get into the big league. So it's we're like a step behind. Now Xander's like our Andrew Jones. So I would, I would, I would say baseball is going to start picking up again here in Aruba mm-hmm. like it did in Curacao. And then we'll... We'll have a good couple of guys out there, and then guys eventually get into the leagues after a couple of years and stuff like that. Do, do you think there's there's pressure on on Xander? Like, how how does he feel that you know being hailed as you know Aruba's Andrew Jones as as kind of like a baseball savior? Oh man, there's no pressure at all, man. He's been playing this sports for years, and uh, he just enjoys playing. He knows he's a big influence, so he always does the right stuff on and off the field, giving a good example for these kids. And that's pretty much it, man. But there's no pressure at all, man. When when Xander was going through his rookie season, he was struggling. Uh, how how was he dealing with that? Like, w- was he talking to you about that and, and dealing with, you know, struggling for the first time at the professional level? Yeah, it was tough. I would say it was tough because that was literally his first time in his professional career that he struggled. He, he flew through the minors. He, he came up in a World Series huge. But that for, that 2014 season that he struggled was uh, really big. That kind of brought him down a little bit and uh, really acknowledged that, hey, he's a human being. He's going to struggle. He just has, he has to adapt and uh, get smarter. And then I think he took that into 2015 and everything that he learned. And that's why he had such a great season in 2015. What do you? Th- what were some of the toughest moments? Do you think uh, just kind of being his brother uh, and and seeing him struggle uh, and listening to him talk about him str- his struggles? What was what was the toughest part for you guys? I remember that 2014 season. I was in Boston, pretty much. I was in Boston the whole summer, and at the ending of the season, I was always there. He always he he always he wanted me to be there with him, so we kind of struggled together. I mean. After a bad game, we would come home and we wouldn't talk about the game. Just take our minds off of it, uh, play PlayStation, 
do do whatever it takes just to get his mind off of baseball for a while at that moment until he has to go back to the park the next day. So I was kind of uh, uh, someone that took his mind off of baseball. Uh-huh. I would say I always made sure to take his mind off of baseball at that moment, after the game, if he had a bad game and stuff like that. So um, I'm really, I, would not, I wouldn't say glad, but I was there. I was pretty good. I was a pretty good, important part in 2014 for him that he had someone there with him, at least to comfort him and, and even though struggling. So, yeah, it was pretty, it was special, man. It, it was a bad season, but together that we got closer as as we got to know each other, our bads, because right. he, he never struggled in baseball. Sure, right? yeah. What did you What did you What did you learn about Xander that that season? Man, he's tough. He's he's his ears are always open to uh, learn, uh, try to get better. Even if it doesn't work, it takes time. He 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 really grew patience that year. Because he would go in his over twenty, over thirty-five droughts, and uh, that's pretty tough, man. That's 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 really tough for any player. And but he he just grinded it out, man. He was really tough about it. He didn't give up. And then he finished. He got hit in the head against Felix. I remember I was there. And then he got like seven days off of baseball. Just to, I we uh we just got his mind off of baseball. And then we flew to Tampa. And then he finished the season pretty strong. And I think he took that momentum over to 2015, and then he just flew. He just ran with it, man. Was it tough for you to see him struggling for the first time? Like, how how did you deal with that? Man, yeah, it was tough because I've never seen my brother struggling in baseball. So seeing him the first time struggling, it was tough. I was there for him, and, hey, we toughed it out together, man. How important is that support system for you guys, you know, Built, built. It's really important, man, because, I mean, he's the only one in the U.S. family and everyone's back in Aruba. So if I could be there in Boston as much as I can, I would be just for, for so he could be at ease. He has a family member. It's it's really tough for baseball players that they're in the U.S. and uh, no family. Most of them bring their families across, but not everyone does it. So having a family member there, it, it really eases him. Every time I'm there, he goes. He uh he has a great time he has a great week or couple of weeks that I'm there so I would say it's it's pretty good that we're together man it works better <laughs> <laughs> how is he a support system for you when you're when you're kind of growing in your career and you're starting to get these big prospects and uh you're you're becoming more and more of a of a of a big agent how does how how has he kind of been a, a support for you oh man I I always tell him about my players he goes up and he looks he searches them. Uh, he tells he tells me, hey, this is a good guy. Take care of him and stuff like that. So to me, he's, he's really he he supports me pretty good. Uh-huh. With with family and and being you know, uh, you talked about this a little bit with Xander uh, and, and not having a lot of people in the U.S. is what is that what is that like as a as a baseball family and uh, you know not being around the family and being young guys in the U.S. Uh, and having to deal with being alone you know being isolated yeah that that's why i said he 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 toughs it out man i really uh respected him that he he doesn't have any family he's doing a really good job he's holding himself 
he's one of the younger guys in the league and stuff like that. He he's really tough, man. He's he he really grinds it out and uh, gets he gets the job done, man. How did how did you see a shift in his demeanor and his attitude uh, once he started uh, really succeeding in 2015? How was that different from his his full time rookie season in 2014? Man, he was happy all the time, man. I would say he was really happy that finally he uh, he put in the hard work and uh, it's really paying off. And man, he he really worked hard that off season after that 2014. I remember we were in Arizona, and uh, he worked really hard to get a, to become a really good athlete and uh, have a good 2015, and it paid off. And then this offseason, we're working hard. This time he's in Aruba. He, he was in Arizona for a couple of weeks, but before it's in Aruba, and we work out pretty hard so he could have a good 2016 also. When Xander came up in 2013, and the team goes to the World Series, and he's starting at third base, uh, in the World Series as a, as a you know twenty year old, how crazy was that for you guys as a family to see, you know this kid, somebody who's starting the season in Double A and suddenly he's in the, he's in the World Series? What was that like for you guys? That was crazy, man. And uh, I kind of knew it was gonna happen because yeah, um, yeah, it's being on the other side. You hear stuff and you're always reading. So I remember the day that he got called up to the big leagues. I was reading a couple articles, and then I told him, hey, your call's on the way. It's pretty close. Either a couple of days, a couple of hours. And then I remember uh, I, I was at the movies, and I sent him that message. I told him, hey, it's really close. It's, it's really going to happen pretty soon. Maybe in the West Coast trip, you, you'll get your call. Next thing you know, uh, after a couple of hours, he goes silent. I'm like, this is happening. He goes silent, and then he texts me at uh, 1 a.m. in the morning, I think. He's like, um, I'm in Boston, I'm in the hotel, and I'm flying to uh, San Francisco later on. I was like, hey, man, it's finally happening. Uh, I flew out to L.A. to meet him when he played against the Dodgers. And I was there for most of his first, first everything, man. Except for his first game, I wasn't there. But I was there for his first base hit, his first... RBI first, almost everything, man. What was that like? And that was pretty special. What was that like for you when you when you saw your brother out there on a major league field for the first time? Man, that that that's uh, man, I can't even bring words, man. It's it's just such a special moment. All the years you've worked really hard, and it's finally happening. And it, it's baseball, man. You just gotta enjoy it and do whatever you gotta do, man. So when you see Xander out there on the field for the World Series. Uh, what was that like for your family? Wow, that was huge, man. Especially being in such a big role, starting at third base, and he's doing well. That that was mostly uh, one of the biggest things that he did well. So he had no pre- he had a lot of pressure, I would say, but he's doing well. He's uh, in his own. So man, he just did great that World Series and helped the Red Sox win that uh, that title, man. Uh, when how was was it crazy to? To go through that as as his brother, and then uh, being being a part of the parade, and then coming back to Aruba and having a having this big parade for Xander too. Uh, how did your your family's lives change after that World Series? Well, everyone in Aruba definitely knew who we were. If they didn't know who we were, so that was pretty huge. All, everyone's at the airport and uh, welcoming us as we come home. Man, that was that was a really special moment. 
Well, what are some of your favorite memories from from that couple of weeks? I guess. Man, uh, just I would say being there. Uh, I remember uh, I was there from game one of the World Series with my brother. I got to, uh, I was there with him. We got to uh, spend the whole every game together uh, after every game. That was pretty special to be there every game, and then finally after the World Series, that as family you were there. Uh huh. What? Yeah. What was that like? What was that? What was that moment like for your family when you're on the field after you guys win the World Series, and you know your mom is there, and your and your entire family is there? What was that like for you guys as a as a group? Man, it was me, my uncle, my mom, every. Everyone that played a big role in the fa- in our lives were there, so it was it was it was special, man. It was uh, words can't describe it. I would honestly say, but it was definitely such a huge special moment, and it would never be forgotten, man. So, you're you're continuing to work as an agent, obviously. What is for you? What is the big goal? What is your what is the dream for you, man? Just, just be great clients. Have great relationships with my clients. Uh, have like a family relationship. Uh, being, being there for them. Uh, having great guys in the big leagues that play many, many years in the big leagues. Obviously, uh, it's pretty much it, man. Uh, being around the sports, great, man. Baseball is a great sport. Xander's obviously a Scott Boris client. Uh, how are yeah. How how are you still trying to trip away at him to to get him to switch to you? No, anymore. I, I gave up on that a couple of years ago. I mean, I when I started uh when I started working as an agent, that was like a big issue. But growing up, uh, you you start understanding stuff better. And uh, he's not a little kid anymore. Uh, he makes his own decisions. We're not little kids. I do whatever I have to do. He does what he has to do. So we're not little kids anymore, and uh, I really respected his decision after a couple of times trying and a couple of times uh, really talked to him about it. We're at the point that we don't even talk about that anymore. We just uh, work on our relationship, and I just respect that he's uh, he's still a Boris client. Sure. And, yeah, we, we don't really go there anymore. And he made his decision, and I just respect him from now on. Yeah, I mean, like, I remember the last time I talked to you about this, like, you were still chipping away at it. What was what was that moment for you where you realized, oh, we don't need to do this anymore. Like, this isn't a big deal. Uh, I would say, uh, let's say, uh, it's 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 growing up, man. Uh, I remember the World Series. I missed a couple of moments after after we got home um, back to Aruba. I missed a couple of special moments with him because uh, we would just talk about him switching over to the company and then. We would uh, just not talk, and then I wouldn't attend to, like, let's say, a dinner or something like that. So I, I realized I missed a couple of moments here in Aruba, and uh, I decided, hey, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna look at it as a uh, business-wise, but I'm still his brother. I'm kind of pretty more important than Scott Boris, anyway. So <laughs> right. So let's just work on that, and uh, let's just have great moments together. And hopefully Scotty does a great job with him uh, whenever he gets to free agent, and then I'll, we'll just be happy about that, man. And you and you you have a kid on the way too. Congratulations on that. Oh, uh, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, due be... date is uh, March March 11th, so 
that's pretty exciting also, man. Are you ready for it? Do you think you're ready? I mean, <laughs> if I'm ready or not, it's on its way, right? <laughs> right, so, yeah. I mean, I try to be prepared, but you can't really prepare for those things, man. It just happens naturally. Everything just goes, falls into place, and then it's just natural, man. Well, uh, uh, Jerry, thanks for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Uh, really hey, man, busy. you know, anytime, buddy. Uh, it was great being, being able to talk and uh, have fun on your podcast. Right? Yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot. Uh, I'll talk to you later. All right, June. Hey, later, man. Have a good one. See ya. My thanks to Jair Bogarts for coming on the show. You can follow him on Twitter at Jair Bogarts. Uh, thanks again for listening to the show this week. Make sure to subscribe to us on whatever you listen to podcasts on and leave us a rating on iTunes if uh, you feel so compelled to do so. And you can also follow me on Twitter at I am June Lee. Follow the show on Twitter at BartoloPod. Uh, let us know if you have any guests that you would like to hear. Uh, next week, we have John Berman on from CNN. Um, we'll talk about his baseball fandom and his journalism career, and uh, it should be a good show. So until then, uh, have a good week, and uh, we're out. <laughs>